reading from God's Word is Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Thank you, Kathy. It's very kind of you. I'll just grab a tissue for me. Uh, you probably, if you're wise enough, you'll see above me these uh, two balloons floating, which probably captures Rhonda and uh, my own feelings. And uh, that's where we're floating up there. So in one sense, I'm going to try and come down a little bit uh, to be grounded here as hard as it might be. I feel really touched. Uh, I should close the service now and we just go home uh, or have some food. But uh, at the moment, I probably feel like I'm the pilot of a plane and we're on the runway ready to take off. And the sense is, well, just before we go, let's just do another run around the tarmac just for old time's sake. So I even feel like today, maybe we might just do a few rounds around the tarmac. So this might be for a long time. So no one's got anything else on, which is great. All those watching at home, lovely that you can join us today as well. Um, the challenge always has been there for any preacher. But before I get started, I know Rhonda and I just want to say to all of you how thankful we are as to how you've received us over many years. Uh, nearly 18 years of my ministry life has been spent ministering and pastoring to the people of Fig Tree. That's a, a big part of our world. Um, you have invited us into your lives in some of the most intimate of times. Uh, you know that through the tragedy of death, illness, uh, celebrations, marriages, baptisms, you name it, pastoral visits. Uh, we've been all part of that as one does over such a long period of time. And for that, we feel uh, so incredibly thankful because it's not just how we've sought to serve you, but your lives have touched us as well. So thank you for that. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done in and through your church. May it be that these last words I have, may they resonate, may they stir people's hearts, and indeed may they inspire us to truly be uh, your people of God here in Fig Tree. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, just really simply three things I want to teach you today about how to rejoice. It's important. I want you to reflect. And finally, when I get there, I want you to remember some things, uh, and especially as we move and as you move into a new season like us. Uh, the year of 2020 possibly doesn't have too much to rejoice about. It's been so different even on Friday uh, and Saturday getting some more information about uh, church life from the Archbishop. I'm thinking, don't tell me we're going to have to close the church uh, as at today. But in Illawarra, we know it's called the Great Southland, and so we're protected so far, and so we're here, which is fantastic, and gathered together. Um, but 
Some people think somehow, thank you, it might have been Greg playing that uh, Bob Dylan song. It was Greg, thank you, mate. Uh, you all know I love Bob Dylan, which is great. And so it's probably appropriate somehow to start with some sort of song uh, because all of you have influenced me so profoundly. And so and I, I've been influenced too by people like Peter, Paul and Mary, of course. And so I'd want to say to the old ones here, uh, if I did have a hammer, I'd probably try and hammer out some justice, but I won't today. I'll leave that in God's hands. Uh, if I had a bell to ring, I'd make sure I'd rang the bell so that people knew about the freedom in Christ. That'd be so important as I leave you today. But of course, uh, if I had a song to sing, uh, I'd absolutely sing it and sing about the 10,000 reasons about why I am free in Christ. And in case you're wondering, I'd sing it in the morning and I'd sing it in the evening, just for the old ones who are out there who might have been born back in about 1910. Um, it's so important that we understand about the joy that comes. In 1983, your then senior minister, Richard Andrews, wrote this. Our justification for building a new church complex up there at Fig Tree is that we might more effectively continue uh, in our local area the concern of Jesus for his people. It will be a base from which we reach out to the world of people uh, with the good news of Christ's love. In 2004, when we opened up this building, that same story about reaching people would be carried out when we launched and opened up this building in the facility that we're in with the hope that more people can know about Jesus. And that's something we've done for many, many years. As I stand here before you and look back at my 13 years as your senior minister, that same hope has been filled in my own heart through the language of being faithful, adventurous, and compassionate, that we had a desire still, no matter the change in our culture, no matter what goes on around us, to still tell people of the hope we have in Jesus Christ. And that's been part of our own legacy as a church, and indeed mine. Uh, there's no doubt that's expanded this year through our digital footprint. We'd never have thought of that with Greg and the team doing work, work this year and all the team in ways we would never have thought about it a year or two years ago. But it's expanded. Uh, and so with this message, uh, Kathy's read out from Philippians. Why I like Philippians is way back, I started my ministry here at Fig Tree in the book of Philippians. Uh, in Philippians chapter four, it's actually one of Paul's last letters. This is part of his final exhortations, his final words, so I thought it seemed most appropriate that I captured that to share with you, to encourage you in your own journey, uh, which is important. So the first, rejoice. It shouldn't surprise you that part of, hopefully, you've seen in my life and Rhonda's life is our desire to rejoice no matter what goes on around us or within us. Uh, it's part of the whole scriptural push to be different to those around us and to continue to rejoice in what the Lord is doing. And indeed, the godly person will have that rejoicing spirit as part of their DNA. Uh, and for the Apostle Paul, as he writes joy and thanksgiving, he's just part and parcel of who he is. And he does it unashamedly. Verse 4 Rejoice in the Lord always. And just in case you don't get it, he says it again. I say it again Rejoice. Rejoice. And it's not the typical sort of, oh, just, you know, don't worry, be happy type of thing, like a a platitude you might get from others. Joy in Paul's thinking, and indeed in the word of God, it's an unmitigated, unbridled, no embarrassment, that it's a distinctive mark of who we are. Uh, he says it back in chapter two, verse 18. Uh, so you two should be glad and rejoice with me. Uh, a great theologian called Karl Barth said this, joy in this letter is a defiant. Nevertheless, rejoice. It is the opposite of a thankless, complaining human nature. 
And you and I know that one of the, uh, sometimes the extraordinary gift that we as Australians have is our ability to what? To complain and to grumble and to think about what we don't have or to think about others. Um, don't complain. I mean, you're in a season now, as I know and as Tony knows and other nominators know, where you are waiting for a new leader. It won't be long when you'll think, who was that last bloke? Uh, I don't know, was it his name Bill, Fred, someone? The period might be this long as you wait. Hmm. It might be this long as you wait. <laughs> it might be this. What are you going to do in that season? And then complain and grumble and be miserable and cross your hands and make the ministry team's life miserable and throw darts at photos of Greg and Langdon and Shane? And, uh, or are you going to walk with a spirit? We're waiting on God and God is teaching us patience as we wait. So we will not grumble. We'll be joyful in the Lord. We'll rejoice in what God is doing. And that's something we need to learn through this year. And joy can come from all sorts of areas. Picture the scene, Donald Trump is on the platform talking to the Pope. Oh, that might be a hard enough picture, I know, but anyhow, go with me at the moment, can you? Um, in front of a huge crowd. And the Pope turns toward Trump and says, uh, do you know that with a little wave of my hand, I can give all those in front of us such an experience of joy that they'll remember this day forever and ever. And it's not just one of those frivolous type joys that your followers have, but I can, with one wave of my hand, I can provide and create such a memory, such a moment in time that people will look back at this moment and forever rejoice and be so thankful. And Trump said to the Pope, I find that hard to believe that you have such power or that you could do that. You'd have to show me. And so the Pope slapped Trump in the face. <laughs> I mean, I think eight o'clock felt the joke was probably borderline inappropriate. <laughs> you're laughing more, maybe you're sort of there. Uh, maybe you're thinking, Ian, I can't believe you said something so inappropriate on your last day. Uh, deep down, maybe you're thinking, gee, I wish I was the Pope, but let's stop it there before we go far any too further. We should never forget the Apostle Paul, as he writes this letter, is actually in prison. He's facing the end. Uh, he knows the journey he's been on, and no matter what persecution he's experienced or how hard it's been for him, he wants those who he's writing to to rejoice in spite of circumstances. Uh, find joy in life no matter what goes on around you. And the, this joy that he talks about is a direct result of his relationship with God. The joy that we need to find is a direct result of that. Nehemiah 8.10, Nehemiah 8.10. This day is holy to our Lord, do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's what Rhonda has kept reminding me over many years, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's how you keep going, that's how you persevere. Um, and as a result of that, you'll see this come up in about verse 7 and 9. There's a really nice little sandwich there. You actually then receive the peace of God in your life. You receive peace and calmness that comes. And in 2020 and beyond, the Christian church, you as a church, need to demonstrate joy in spite of all circumstances, in spite of wanting to wait for other things. Uh, David says in Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set me, my feet on a rock 
and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth. Thank you, youth team and the EP. Uh, A hymn of praise to our God. Uh, Why do I have 10,000 reasons to rejoice? And I'm happy to sing the song. We are blessed because we're going to sing it at the end. Why? Because uh, my marriage is still intact in spite of ministry. You've got no idea how much that uh, is a statement in itself. Uh, I can rejoice because Rhonda still loves me. I think I checked this morning that she just loved me. Uh, I can rejoice because I've, don't tell anyone, I've survived ministry. I actually got to the end. I've seen far too many colleagues burn out, get disillusioned, and that hasn't happened to me as your leader. I've seen firsthand your generosity. And for those who've been part of our church know we had a recent gift day. Uh, and we sought to raise, this time around, a very small gift day project for $50,000, three of them. Uh, I want to share with you today, we've actually raised over $60,000. So the Ignite component, $10,000 is raised. The intern component of $20,000 is already raised. And the P&G component, which I've shared with you about the kingdom work going over there, we asked for $20,000, we've received over $30,000. Uh, put your hands, well done, fig tree. Um, I've seen firsthand how your generous heart has kept being responded to. And so, well done. Worrying doesn't help. You know that. You know that, don't you? Yes, you can respond. They're responding, nodding. Uh, Of course, worrying doesn't help. The sun will come up tomorrow, and if it doesn't, I'll be in glory anyhow. So either way, it's a good day. Um, And you've got to understand how God provides for us in all times. I want you to have a spirit of rejoicing every day, every week, as you move into the future. It's something I've felt very strong about. And Paul touches on the second little important thing about gentleness. Let your gentleness, he says, be evident to all. And my guess is when someone doesn't have a gentle spirit, often we as people sort of move away from them because we find, oh, it's a bit tough. But when you have a gentle spirit and you see it in relationships, people are drawn to you. And Paul says, let it be evident to all. Uh, Make sure people know about that. And why? What's his reason? We've touched on it actually in the end of Matthew's gospel because the Lord is near. The Lord is near. We don't know when he's coming back, but Paul says the Lord is near. Um, Paul didn't want to take the hammer out and bash a few people. And I confess, there have been moments in my ministry life where I might have wanted to do a few things to some people. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, my wife has helped me there and calmed me down. You know how someone puts a hand on your shoulder and you think, yes, dear. <laughs> And you've got to say to yourself, well, how do we do this? And you've got to understand, because the Lord is working in a life through prayer and thanksgiving, His nearness, the Lord's nearness causes us to rejoice and to celebrate. And we've got to understand that because Christ is working in our lives, we can do this. Uh, and we do it because, if you saw the beginning of Philippians 4, verse 1, we are called to what? Paul says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love... And long for my joy and my crown. Stand firm in the Lord in this. Stand firm. And some people would even say that Paul's letter to the Philippian church is actually more like a love letter. And for me, as I get older, I love that it's a love letter. Because his heart is moved when he thinks of the church at Philippi. When Rhonda and I stop and think about you guys, our heart is moved. Because of how you've spoken into our lives. And not just our lives, but our children's lives and our family lives. And as you know, like it or lump it, Ben and Emeralds will be part of your church. Praise the Lord. Uh, and the kids will grow up here. And so kids' ministry and youth ministry really matters. It matters as a grandpa. 
Um, and Paul's not saying this about, like, don't worry, be happy type thing, as I said. It comes with feeling, no matter what goes on, no matter what goes on around you. Have a spirit and a heart of thankfulness. I think I've learnt this from my parents. And my, both my brothers are here, and I think they could affirm that. They were not a grumbling couple. They didn't have much in this life, but they gave us everything. And so they were thankful, and I think that spirit carried on to into myself and my brothers. Gratitude acknowledge. I think you've got to acknowledge it. I don't know we are as good as giving thanks as we should do. And we should verbalize a thankful heart. I'm thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for our parish council. Over the years, it's changed in shape. I'm thankful for our wardens, Iris and Penny and Wayne. In fact, Wayne, uh, who's been my rector's warden for many years now, has been more like a brother to me than just a warden. I'm thankful to the ministry team, and I've written about that, but all of them are such a blessing. And especially the team that I've led who are close to me, like Karen, KD, Heather Marshall, Scott's joined us now, uh, Ron, Lachlan, a whole, Langdon, Greg, who's done an extraordinary job this year, and we're so thankful for. Um, but indeed, I'm most thankful that in my last couple of years of ministry, that God brought Shane and Rachel to our church. You have no idea how important it is for a leader to have a colleague like Shane work closely with you. I've been blessed, which means you have been blessed. And brother, I want to say to you publicly, you are such a rich blessing to me and Rach and your family that I wouldn't be able to end like I am without yours. He's always given me an ear here, a, a listening voice, thoughts, prayers, uh, and you have been a blessing to me and a blessing to this church. And for that, I give you thanks. Um, don't become a people who don't express a thankful heart. Speak it out while you're not grumbling about what you have or don't have, about what you're trying to control or not control. Otherwise, if you do that, you will grow weary and bitter of spirit. And I've seen far too much of that, so don't do that. Rejoice. Be thankful for what you have. Uh, don't worry. Have no anxiety, Paul says, about anything. In fact, you could probably say from Genesis to Revelation, the whole package of the Bible, this is a constant reminder, stop worrying. <laughs> stop worrying. Matthew 6 captures it. You can't change tomorrow anyhow, which we've learnt this year. But in everything by prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. I love that word, everything. There's no doubt as I look back over 30 years, I think God's grace in my life, the wisdom from others, the insight I've received, colleagues who've shared today who've been very uh, close to me, uh, have just taught me so much about how God works in our lives. So rejoice and ask you to reflect. And remember verse 8 Finally, brothers and sisters, it's funny when Paul says finally, he's got to be another 15 verses to go. And when a preacher says finally, it's like, well, you better get ready for another 20 or 30 minutes because we just don't know how to finish things. We just keep going and going and going. Let's take the planner and the tarmac one more time. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about them. And my guess is, as Paul's saying this, or a scribe's writing it down, he could have gone on and on and on. He probably thought, I better stop, because I'm putting so much down, I could keep going. You know, whatever is, is true and noble and right and pure, and all these things matter. Let me ask you a question. Would you agree that you are what you think about? 
would you agree that our minds are the core of our actions? The way we think uh, stirs and directs our emotions and feelings. Uh, maybe you're wondering, is there a Christian way of thinking that sort of blocks out other things? H how do I think Christianly about everything? You see, we live in a world where, well, I haven't got time to go into the whole truth aspect where people think there's actually no objective truth. You know that's wrong. I'll just say it right up front. I haven't got time to go into detail about it. There is an objective truth. You see, Paul concludes how I want to conclude. It, it's like he's writing his last piece of advice while he has the microphone or a pen in hand. He's asked us to rejoice and now he wants us to reflect and live an appropriate life. It's too often in life we'll think about, I'll only listen to Christian music or read Christian books. And in no way, in no way do I think Paul is saying that. He's saying have a discerning mind when you read what you read or watch what you watch. And you and I know because there's so many options now to binge watch anything. I mean, what you're going to do today is probably just go home and watch replays of India getting uh, bowled out over and over again. I've got nods down the back. You just sort of sit there all day and your wife or husband, can you get away from that? No, I've got to watch it again. It can't be true, but it is. You are what you think. Romans 12, uh, you know the passage, well, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing or eating of McDonald's. Yes, I said that, fantastic. No, it doesn't say that. But by the renewing of your mind, our minds are in the process of being renewed. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. So important. Truth and beauty are where you find them. And you use your discerning mind at that. He puts it further in verse 9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me. That's a scary verse to have read out. Because what if you've picked up bad habits from me? Hmm. What if my kids have picked up bad habits? Or their children are picking up bad habits from their parents right now? That'd be a worry, wouldn't it? Put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And I love that because if you notice verse 7, uh, the peace of God, verse 9 wraps it up with the God of peace. And so it seems to me it's like a sandwich that the, what he's talking about in terms of thinking about what is right and true and proper and pure, the peace of God will be with you and the God of peace will be with you. And if you don't do that, you will still feel out of whack. You'll get to Monday or Tuesday in work or relational world and you think, oh, it's just oh, things aren't working. It's because you're not putting into practice what Paul tells us to do. And let alone the word whatever, oh, my own personal grumble, I know no one at home would do this or you wouldn't do that. I don't like hearing people say whatever in the way our generation says it. I might as well confess that right up front because I think they say it with a sense or a spirit of indifference. And it's like they lean back, oh, whatever. Uh, drives me crazy. That's a whole other sermon. No time for that one. Paul leans in and says, whatever is right, whatever is pure, don't let others tell you what to do. You think about this. You speak up, and if you don't speak up, then they'll determine your present and your future. Don't do that. Be bold and courageous in that. Don't let others around you dictate how you live your life because you may not be thinking. You may not be using your mind in this space. Whatever is right and pure and noble, and you might have to make some changes moving into 2021. You might have to think about how you approach life and your families and relationships and your work and all those things. But Paul is saying, use your mind. Imagine the scene when a young child comes home from school 
and says, Mummy, uh, the teacher told me that we came from, uh, from monkeys. And uh, the mummy would say, well, sometimes you act like a monkey, but no, you didn't come from monkeys. In fact, as I think about it, sometimes your dad acts like an ape. But uh, no, we didn't. You use your mind to help and to correct and to inspire and speak. Noble, sacred sense, right. You know, so whatever you think and reflect about is what you become. You know that as much as I do. And the amount of options we have in 2020 to have our minds filled with stuff. I feel now in my middle 60s, and especially through the grandparent ministry and listening to many other grandparents, it's like every time I go to my iPhone or, or iPad or television, I need to have gloves on. There's so much stuff out there that is not healthy for your mind. You know that and I know that. Every time you go, the amount of images and things that are there, you know, imagine right now all you mums and dads out there, what if all of a sudden what you're thinking about right now popped up on the screen? Wouldn't that be scary? Imagine if it popped up on the screen right now, what would your children think about what's just popped up on the screen, what's in your head and heart and mind right now? It's a serious thing, isn't it? Reflect on these things. Understand them. Uh, think about them. Value them. I'm so thankful that the wardens of Fig Tree have allowed me to run uh, the, the grandparent conference in the second half of next year. We, Josh is still hoping to come. On Thursday, I was zooming in with a colleague in America and in uh, Seoul in, in uh, Korea. And uh, we're looking now at creating an international footprint for grandparenting. Uh, because some of them, and in fact, Daniel Kim was saying in, in, in Seoul that uh, he feels grandparents are an unreached people group. And I love that. And I told Daniel, I'll use that. And he's asked, can we, we stream our conference next year? I'm saying that with Karen looking there. Uh, can we stream it to Korea next year? And I said, sure. Got no idea how to do it. I'll just say, sure, anyhow. Um, but there's an opportunity now to do other things. And they would never have thought of that. But it matters, so choose what you think about. Uh, understand whatever you're thinking about is how you'll turn out. So rejoice, reflect, and finally remember. Paul's concern has been for the gospel. My concern always in my ministry has been for the gospel. My concern has been that people would hear about the good news of Jesus, that our ministry would allow us to challenge people to say, do you know Christ as your Lord and Saviour? And I can still see myself sometimes throughout the year or at Easter thinking, no one's responding, God, what are you doing? This is so weird. And yet again and again, I've seen God's Spirit work in people's lives. Now, Paul's final exhortations are powerful. Think about them. I ask you to think about it as you wait for the new leader to turn up. And we need to understand that Paul is not just saying this because he wants the church to hold this. He has a bigger picture in mind. And I think he captures it in, in chapter 2, verse 14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without a fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. To all of you, I want to make sure you know this. You've held firmly to these values. Uh, and I ask you to continue to hold them so you too can shine like stars in the sky as we move into the future. Uh, to my family, you've helped me do that again and again. To my Rhonda, you've helped me live this out. 
as you without grumbling or complaining have put up with me for nearly 40 years. Uh, You've done everything in ministry that God and others have required of you. And I would not be here at this final lap standing before you without my wife. And make no mistake about that, that's how highly I value marriage, as Tony said, because without the support and prayers and love of a partner, you might as well forget the future. It just will not happen. So honey, to you, thank you so much. You've helped me in every circumstance. You've brought balance and wisdom, and you've reminded me that my strength comes from the Lord. Thank you for that. So I'll leave this ministry to the next leader. Love him and his family. Will you do that for me? Uh, allow him space to grow, allow him space to move, remind him of his calling, pray for him, care for him and his family, Uh, don't grumble, rejoice with him and remind him of the people of God that you are. I will leave this church and this ministry a contented and happy man with no regrets. I'm thankful to all God has exposed me to and I leave knowing that Christ is my saviour and I hold firmly to him. I may not have what the world considers valuable, but brothers and sisters, I have Jesus. There is no more one could need or one could want. So where then is real joy found? In a relationship with Jesus Christ. I leave these words with you, because it's my hope and prayer for you as the band comes up. So may it be, that the mind of Christ our Saviour live in you from day to day by his love and power controlling all you do and say. God bless, thank you for all you've done and may God continue to stir your hearts into a new chapter and a new season. Take care and thank you.